Hello everyone and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast where we have fun and fascinating conversations with all types of tango professionals. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in. If you're a new listener, welcome. Glad you found us. A lot of you out there are pursuing personal goals. These goals might not be earth-shattering or grandiose, but they are personal and very close to your heart. And I'm betting that many of you are struggling with these goals and may be at a crossroads where you're thinking of giving them up. Hopefully, today's episode will inspire you to keep going. So last week, I had the pleasure of speaking with Pablo Jarena, an internationally renowned bandoneon player. For today's episode, my guest is a musician who has studied with Pablo. She is a mechanical engineer with advanced degrees from Carnegie Mellon University and MIT. But since her childhood, she has had a passion for music. And instead of giving up her passion, she always found a way to make room for it despite all the demands of school, work, and life. As luck would have it, her interest in music brought her to tango, and eventually she became a bandoneon player and singer. How amazing is that? All right, and with me now is Chiyu Chao. Chiyu, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Yeah, so um, did you grow up as a musician? That's a great question. So I I have never been a professional musician, but music has never left me. So mm-hmm. I started out playing the piano when I was like two or three years old, but then I've only played for a couple of years. I think when I was seven years old, my okay. teacher wanted me to play something with like a lot of octaves and jumps with my hand. My hands were yeah. too small. So my piano teacher asked whether I wanted to do an operation between my thumb and my index finger so I could have a wider span. Oh, my goodness. And the seven-year-old Chiyu was like, no, nope, I'm not cutting my hands just to play the piano, so I quit. <laughs> that is hardcore. Like, Yeah, but I heard that you get surgery. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then um, around the same time, I picked up a Chinese instrument, Liu Qing. Um, if okay. anyone is curious, L-I-E. U-Q-I-N, you can look it up on Wikipedia. So it's a mm-hmm. plucked string instrument that sounds like a mandolin and, and roughly the same size as mandolin, but it's single stringed instead of uh, double stringed. So I picked okay. up that instrument and I played that competitively for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then my, my quote-unquote music career kind of stopped uh, as I went to uh, middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. So after that Wednesday into college, I was free again, so I was able to um, pick up the guitar and join um, a club where we were exposed to all kinds of genres of music, from mm-hmm. jazz, um, bossa nova, to progressive metal, anything in between. Mm-hmm. So I've never really been um, playing music professionally, but I think throughout my life, most of the time, music is part mm-hmm. of it. Okay. But you didn't study music, right? You were, you're an engineer, right? Yes, <laughs> I, I was a mechanical engineer major, and then I wow. studied computer science in grad school. So yes, mm-hmm. I, I'm an engineer. Um, so awesome. while I was in grad school in, in Boston, I actually took some mm-hmm. of the um, jazz arrangement and composition classes, but I've never had a degree mm-hmm. as, a, as a music major. Okay, but that's something you did on the, on the side for, for fun. Um, kind of. So it's funny okay. that in, in my graduate program, we were required to do a minor. And okay. um, the minor should 
have nothing to do with your major. And I'm like, okay, if I'm to do that, why don't I do music? Because I like、mm-hmm. music and I need the music in my life to keep myself balanced. So why not? And、mm-hmm. I was interested in jazz. I was singing、um, jazz for a couple of years、uh, by them. And I was like, why don't I try composing, arranging in jazz and see what happens? So it was to fulfill the requirement of my department, but at the same time, it was a way to, to fulfill my, my internal balance. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Now, you also went to CMU, right? Out in Pittsburgh? Yeah. I, so when, I, when、mm-hmm. I moved to the United States from、mm-hmm. Taiwan, that's because I got accepted by Carnegie Mellon. That was, what, that was one of the、um, master's programs. But、mm-hmm. it was also computer science related. Okay. Yeah. My wife,、uh, she got her PhD there. In, oh, that's、uh, so cool. So, yeah. Pittsburgh is a great town. Awesome. So, <laughs>、yeah. what, what did you study there? Just out of curiosity.、Um, there's、um, this place called Language Technologies Institute, the LTI. So, my office used to be in Wing Hall for a while and then new assignment. <laughs> Yeah,、mm-hmm. in Wing Hall, there was no window because I was in the basement level. And it was、mm. just confusing sometimes when I got out and it says four o'clock on my watch. Like 4 a.m. or 4 p.m. <laughs> Not sure. It's all dark. <laughs> it's, like a, it's, like a, it's like a casino. Yeah.、Right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, so、uh, all this time with music, how did you happen across tango?、Um, so it started、um, from dancing, actually. So,、mm-hmm. as I said, I was in grad school. I was a computer science student. So, most of my time was spent sitting in front of a computer.、Mm-hmm. And I don't really go to the gym or have some kind of rigorous workout during the day. So, I felt like I really needed to move my body. So, I、mm-hmm. tried all kinds of introduction lessons. I tried ballroom, I tried salsa. And、mm-hmm. ballroom was fun for a while until. Everyone started to get very serious about competition. I'm like,、uh, I, yeah. I don't really want to compete. I just want to move my body to beautiful music. And then I saw this flyer on campus that says, free intro tango lesson. And I was like, <laughs> okay, tango is one of those dances I have not tried, and it's free, so it doesn't harm.、Mm-hmm. So I went. And the instructors were Carlos Moreno and Toba Moreno. They were great、mm-hmm. teachers, super engaging. It was fun. And In, in, in the class, they started playing music. Of course, you know, it's, it's the, the typical like, tango orchestra. And I had no idea、mm-hmm. what quote unquote tango music was. And I was drawn to the sound of the bandoneon at the time without even、mm-hmm. knowing what instrument that was. So after that intro lesson, I felt, oh, that, that instrument sounded very interesting. So how can I keep listening for this more? And the only way is to continue to keep taking lessons. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's the reason why I keep taking tango lessons so that I could <laughs> continue to listen to this fascinating sound that I don't even know what the instrument was. And、mm-hmm. then, yeah, same with practicas.、Mm-hmm. Most of the time I went to the practica because the DJs would play tango music that、mm-hmm. has bandoneo.、Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until like many months later I finally looked it up on the internet about. Tango music and the, the possible,、uh, possible chance of、uh, the, the instrument being one of those, I know, but no, it was not. It's something called Bando Neon.、Mm. And I was like, okay, that, that, sound, that looks like a crazy squeeze box <laughs> with typewriter keys on both sides. Okay. Yeah, so that was my first encounter with the instrument. I think the instrument 
try to to find me in some way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah first, I got my attention with a with a free intro tango lesson, and then it's the sound <laughs> that 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 keeps me going. Nice. Yeah. Now, where was this again? In Boston. Yeah, I was in Boston. Okay. Okay. Nice. Nice. But eventually, you got your hands on a bandoneon, which is pretty awesome. How, yeah. Tell us how that happened. That was five years after the the free intro lesson. So what happened in between? Okay. Well, so you and I have something more in common, which is um, Tito Castro. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> in two thousand eight, there was Boston mm -hmm. Tango Festival, and they invited Tito Castro and his um, orchestra to play for dancers. Mm. And as a grad student, I didn't usually go to um, milongas often enough, but that was a big event that I think I should go. So I went. Mm -hmm. And as a dancer, I actually set out for, for two hours just to watch Tito play on stage. Ah, I was yeah. like probably three feet away from the stage. And then nice. I sat mm -hmm. there, I just watched, and I'm like, that's the instrument. That is Bandoneon, and that's how it was played. I was completely fascinated by it. Mm -hmm. And I think Tito's wife was there too. She looked at me like, you like Bandoneon, huh? Like, <laughs> yes, I was fascinated by it. It's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but even when that time happened, I, I, I didn't expect I would be able to acquire an instrument and actually play it and not even mm -hmm. like you know, play it properly for dancers. That was um, until 2013. Yeah, so I started tango as a dancer in 2008. And then 2013, mm -hmm. what happened was um, my mom passed away. And mm -hmm. My hometown was in Taiwan. So I had mm -hmm. to go back to Taiwan and, and wrap things up. So it was like completely stressful. I was never really under that kind of pressure for, for, for a long time. So it was yeah, yeah. just awful. And I didn't have music with me at the mm. time because every day was so busy with unpleasant things. But um, as I think it was a few days before I was about to fly back to the U.S. I saw a friend of mine's uh, Facebook post. And that friend happens to be an accomplished bandoneonist in Taiwan whose name is Alvin Cheng, who studied mm. with um, Juan Jose Mozzarini in France a couple of years ago. And... He just posted on Facebook saying, that, hey, is anyone interested in trying a bandoneo? I'm, I'm giving an intro lesson. I'm like, wait, intro lesson? <laughs> and bandoneo. Okay, maybe it's a, it's a sign that I, I should go. So I just hit him up saying, hey, I'm in Taiwan. I happen to be in Taiwan for a couple of days. Do you, can, I, can I sign up? He's like, yeah, sure, come over. So it was a, I think, either an hour or an hour and a half intro lesson. Mm -hmm. And I just sat on this little stool and he put a bandoneo on my lap and he started teaching um, all of us how to play simple chords on the left hand and simple melodies on the right hands. So after that intro lesson, I was able to play four bars of comufo. Oh, I remember nice. that very vividly. I was able to mm -hmm. play comufo properly and that was, that was very encouraging and and deceiving at the time because <laughs> I thought it was easy. I was like, oh, I don't know, it's not too hard. If I could learn to play four <laughs> bars of Comifo in one hour, think about how, how, how many more songs I could play if I continue to, to study the instrument. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, that was a lie. <laughs> but that's how what got me started. So I flew back to the U.S. and then a couple of days later, my friend sent me another message saying, "Hey, I, I saw that you're really interested in learning this instrument. I happen to have a friend who is selling a bandoneon. I think if you want one, now is the、mm-hmm. chance." So a couple of weeks of negotiation back and forth later, I got my bandoneon shipped to、nice. me in a styrofoam box. Stuffed in Argentine newspaper. That was it. Oh, yeah. I think I have.、Awesome. I still have that styrofoam box with me in in my in my basement right now. Yes, it's、mm. <laughs> still sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a special box that I wouldn't want、yeah. to toss away. Right. That's great. Yeah. So that so was twenty fourteen. So, <laughs> so does that song "Comeo Fall" does that still have a special meaning for you to this day? I, well, I will never re-、uh, forget that. That was the first ever tangle song that I learned how to play on a bandoneon.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you come back, you get your bandoneon. How do you continue learning? So when I got my instrument, I I didn't really know who I could learn from. I mean, we in the tangle community we have musicians, but not every musician、mm-hmm. is either willing to teach or is comfortable teaching. So I wasn't sure.、Mm-hmm. So I just look online and. Luckily, Ben Bogart was online teaching. Nice. And、mm-hmm. uh, I was in Seattle, and he was in Bloomington, Indiana.、Mm-hmm. So I just sent him an email saying, "Are you still taking new students? I, I got my <laughs> instrument, but I don't know what to do with it." So, so we started the lessons. Yeah. So he was my first mandolin teacher, and I have a lot to thank him for、mm-hmm. to build my confidence in playing this. This. Monstrous <laughs> instrument, and to build my confidence in playing the instrument by myself, and also with a group, and also for、uh, for dancers or just for musicians. So,、mm-hmm. yeah, it, w- it was it was a great learning experience. So I I have I'm very appreciative of of his、um, coaching. Yeah, yeah, Ben's a great guy.、He's, yeah,、uh, yeah, super super fun. Yeah. yeah. So、uh, you said the first time, you know, that that first lesson, you had the few chords of Komio Fo、mm. that was, you know, got you excited.、Yeah. But then, of course, you figure out this is much more. There's a lot more to it. It's pretty. It's、right. pretty difficult. But what were some? <laughs> what were some? I guess、uh, breakthrough moments for you since since then. The breakthrough moment.、Um, let's see. I think there were a couple of things. I think the first breakthrough would be to be able to play a solo piece. I remember it was Sur. Sur was、mm-hmm. the the first solo piece that I, I played, and you know, usually when I get a piece of music, I would try to look for、um, recordings of professional musicians or some some kind of、um, version that was already played by someone to have、mm-hmm. it. Idea of what it might sound like, and I found Rodolfo Medeiros on on the internet,、mm. and I was fascinated again. And I really love his style—the style of making the instrument speak、mm. with all the emotions. I'm like, I, I want to play like that. Of course, you know, Rodolfo Medeiros. I'll probably need <laughs> another forty, fifty years to to reach his <laughs> level. But but then I ha- I have I have a goal there. I know. How I can work towards there, and、mm-hmm. I could、um, have a better idea on how to how to form my sound. Even、mm-hmm. if I I can't always、um, make that sound happen on the instrument yet, but I have a, a vision and I have a 
end goal to work towards too. So mm-hmm. that was that was great. I if and I think um, after I discovered Lord of Meadows, if anyone mm-hmm. asked me, so with this instrument, how what, what do you see your, what, where do you see yourself in 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 ten years, in twenty years, mm-hmm. I will have very clear answer i wanted to play like him mm-hmm. yeah nice. so that was yeah. one breakthrough the other breakthrough is to play for dancers because mm-hmm. in the seattle tango community we have a couple of dancers who happen to play some instruments but nobody really had an idea of getting together to play until um, someone named mike chen who's a multi-instrumentalist started mm-hmm. this idea with a community ensemble and it seems that I was the only one with the bandoneon that would show up regularly. Mm. I did not play very well. I think it was only a couple of months after I got my instruments. But Ben Bogart encouraged me to go because that was, that was the hands-on experience, experience mm-hmm. for, for any musician. You need to play with a group and play for dancers. That's your, your ultimate test. So mm-hmm. he's like, as long as you show up with the bandoneon, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and the the ensemble itself was also very friendly and welcoming. So yes, I showed up with my piano and everything was fine. And we started mm-hmm. out um, playing out of uh, Lee sheets, so playing Alaparija uh, style. But then, okay. as time went by, we noticed that there were some people who would regularly show up, and there were more and more people who show up regularly, and. Eventually, we had so many so many people that showed up regularly that we needed to have arranged music instead of just lishi, so that mm. we can play with um, proper variations of uh, of the ensemble and sound like an like, like a group. Mm. So that's what we did. We evolved from a random meetup with your instrument to a big enough <clears throat> a big enough ensemble. Mm-hmm. with proper arrangements and um, there were some practicas in the community that were welcoming they're like oh why don't you guys come and play one tanda and see if dancers liked it ah. and that's that's where we started we played one tanda and everyone seemed to be okay mm-hmm. so then a couple months later we played two tandas <laughs> and that's how we progress into um, playing a full a full uh, milonga at the end yeah. yeah, yeah. That's another thing I wanted to ask you about mm-hmm. playing for dancers. Yeah, I mean, what's the? Can you just kind of describe the mm-hmm. difference in dynamic when you're just sort of playing with your group rehearsing versus mm-hmm. playing at a practical or a malanga where there are actual dancers to interact with your music? Um, interesting question. <laughs> I think it's easy for our ensemble because most of us are dancers. So we mm. sort of know what we would want to hear when we're on the dance floor. And sometimes we will have an arrangement and we play it and like the ones and threes are not clear. How can we, mm-hmm. how can we make that clearer? Or if it's a um, special arrangement like Biagi style, then you want to make uh. sure that you emphasize the twos and fours. You can't just play mm. one, two, three, four the same way. You need to emphasize twos and fours so that dancers know, oh, you're playing Biagi style. So it turns out that understanding the styles of each orchestra is very important and understanding what style are we imitating since that mm-hmm. we're not professional musicians, we're not good enough yet, we, we don't really create our own sound at this point. So if we're to imitate an orchestra, then we need to very clearly mm-hmm. extract the, the features or the, the highlights of them 
and try to reproduce that on, on our own instruments. So I think mm -hmm. that's that's what we focus on. And I think in general, dancers are okay with us. <laughs> yeah, when I usually when we're playing a gig, I would try to look at the dancers in addition to look at my sheet music. And it seems that they were all always smiling and clapping. Yeah. So that was good. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Ben and another violinist he often works with, uh, Daniel Stein, they were uh, saying, and you probably felt this playing for people is that you know it's it's sort of a dance in and of itself yeah you know, dancers yeah. and also musicians right yeah yeah so that's a uh, that's really fun mm -hmm. yeah so on your own what's uh what's your own practice uh routine like uh it's a little bit embarrassing to say because i'm not <laughs> a very disciplined <laughs> musician i don't always have a routine um it usually depends on what project i'm working on so mm. sometimes I'll be uh, working on a solo piece. Uh, sometimes I'll be working on just a very difficult part from, from the um, ensemble's arrangement. Sometimes I, I'm ambitious. I wanted to work on variations. So it depends on mm. what I'm working on at, at the moment. I will have mm. slightly different ways of practicing. Um, I know a lot of the musicians would practice Bach. I, I, mm -hmm. I tried that. It was fascinating. It was, I, I never thought that the bandoneon is suitable to play Bach until I actually mm -hmm. tried it. And I was like, did Bach take the time machine to, to a more recent year and maybe try the bandoneon himself? Because everything just fits perfectly. Mm -hmm. No matter you play opening or closing, it just fits. And the, and the sound that comes out from the instrument it sounded like it it sounded like the music was written for the instrument mm. it was almost like a religious experience that's interesting <laughs> yeah so yeah. sometimes i would play but it was not easy so mm -hmm. i i will only play it when i'm in a good mood otherwise i might feel frustrated <laughs> i'm only making progress in two bars i spend mm -hmm. hours just to play two bars but once you get through those two bars, it, it becomes slightly easier. And then the, the, the next two bars come. It's like, oh, <laughs> we'll start from zero <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I would play Mbach sometimes. And most of the time, I would just work on um, a small fraction of whatever I'm working on at the time and make very slow progress. I remember I taking a workshop lesson with Ramiro Boero. And he talked about how, how we could practice um, playing scales. And he's like, mm. yes, when you're performing, you play those really fast notes, very fast. But at home, you play it very slowly. Bah, 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 bah. You make mm. sure that your fingers hit your buttons accurately with confidence and make sure every single note is very clear. You start very slowly and eventually you'll get faster and faster. And when you get to perform, you'll be able to play fast. So, mm. you know, even when, 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 when a maestro said that to you that that means that this thing is true you have to start slow there's mm -hmm. no shortcut you just need to practice constantly yeah yeah and be patient with yourself right? yes yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> as you started playing tango more regularly mm -hmm. and getting into it more um, like you say there's there's this process of fine-tuning but um what were some i guess what were some mistakes that you used to make and then how did you uh how did you get over them or get past them Let's see. I wouldn't call them mistakes. Okay. I think I, I would call it things I did not know that I didn't know. I think both for you know playing music or for dancing, 
if we don't mm-hmm. know what we don't know, then it's very likely we'll make mistakes. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So I think mm-hmm. it's for for me, it's the the proper way to to produce tango sounds. So mm-hmm. uh, I picked up my instrument in 2014, and then in 2015, I participated in um, Tango for Musicians, which is a quote unquote tango camp. And uh, that was uh, that took place in Reed College in Portland, Oregon, mm. and they had a group of amazing professional tango musicians from Buenos Aires. Mm. So it's basically like Buenos Aires direct. You don't have to fly there; they fly to you. So <laughs> they were a group of instructors who came up with a systematic way of teaching how to produce tango sound on various instruments, mm. and it was a, a one week camp and every day was very intense with all kinds of lessons and practice and rehearsals but it was in that camp that I learned how to play uh, the rhythm marking models on the bandoneon properly mm. like the the marcados that we heard bah, 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 bah. how do you make that really sharp sound with a squeeze box you have to properly use the weight of the the, the two heads of the bandoneon rather than pulling with your arm mm. because if, if you try pulling versus using the, the using gravity you could tell there that there's a difference between okay. those two approaches mm-hmm. and also the different rhythm um like um the syncopa so sometimes mm-hmm. we will hear music like one two three four mm-hmm. how do you play that little at the beginning and on the bandoneon, there's there's a trick to do that, oh. and yeah, and also in that camp, I learned how other instruments produce the sound, like the chichara on the violin, the strapata on the on a contrabass. It was incredible because I, I I witnessed how those sounds were produced by probably the, the titan of, of that instrument <laughs> in tango music. It's like ah. Oh. I remember those sounds in tango music when I dance, and and now I, I I got to see how how those sounds were produced. Mm. Yeah, it was very cool. So yeah. those were the things that I didn't know when I was playing by myself, or when I was, you know, I I took lessons with Ben, and and he he told me how to do those things, but it was over mm-hmm. Skype. So it was very it was a very different experience um, watching that in in person mm-hmm. and learning that and being corrected on the spot in person. Because okay. I could I could see everything very clearly and mm-hmm. feel it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean about that particular sound. Because I'm thinking I'm not a, a tango musician, but I'm thinking how do they make that sound with yeah. the bombardier, <laughs> that, that sharp sound? But using yeah. gravity, that's really cool. Right. Yeah, Reed College that that comes up a lot in um, uh, in my uh, in my yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually I got all, I was talking to um, Pablo Juarena. Earlier, oh yes earlier today he's amazing so, yeah. oh super super cool guy really yes. yeah really fun so yeah yeah and a, and a while back i, I spoke with morgan luker who, mm, um, yes who helps run the program so yeah that, that's a great it's a great thing to have today i mean there's so many uh wonderful musicians like yourself who are keeping tango alive and it's great that there's this environment for people to get together and yeah um, yeah, and create that. So yeah. many musicians have benefited from this, and I hope more musicians mm-hmm. will benefit from future programs as well. 
Yeah. Yeah, I remember just not too long ago, like before something like this existed, whenever there was a live band or a live group, and if uh, everyone would get so excited if they had a Bandoneon player. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and it's great that now it's people are really seeking and finding ways to 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 get it. Right. Yeah, and it's just kind of fun it, you know, I'm talking to you and other Bandoneon players who were, you know, there's a sense of determination that everybody has when mm. they... It's like, what's this instrument? And it's, it's not just sitting back and listening. It's like, well, I want to learn how to play it. And then, right. and there you are going, going yeah. after it, getting, <laughs> it, getting it done. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, yeah, I mean, of course, unfortunately, there's a silly pandemic with this crazy pandemic mm. hit the world. But, um, you know, that didn't seem to stop tango, play, uh, tango musicians. Uh, so during the pandemic, what were you doing uh, as a musician to to keep things going and to, to keep sharpening your skills. Yeah, so I think as a Bananone player, uh, in general, the pandemic is actually a, a good opportunity to for us to, to practice on our own and, and sharpening our, our skills. I, I've heard this anecdotally from, from someone in Buenos Aires saying that when, when they had the lockdown, everyone was devastated, but it seems that all the bandoneon players started practicing like crazy on their balconies and or in in their mm-hmm. homes, so they could hear the bandoneon sounds all the time, <laughs> even even when 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 it, it was during the lockdown. Mm. So I think most of us were the same. We we took that as an opportunity to to practice more and to to focus on on individual skills. Mm-hmm. And for me, I do that a bit. But at the same time, I, I, I get bored by doing the same thing over and over again. So I started <laughs> um, branch out a bit. So I started, um, well, I, I restart my interest in arranging and composing. Mm. So I focused more on arranging different pieces for tango music, or sometimes I, I do it as a service for friends who would mm-hmm. like to play something but didn't have the sheet music and like, okay I'll transcribe it for you or I'll I'll reduce this orchestral piece into into like a three clarinet <laughs> ensemble <laughs> or anything like in, anything in between or sometimes I would record either a a vocal track or a bandoneon track for for a friend who wanted those sounds in in their own projects so yeah those are the things that I do besides um playing bandoneon so, okay. yeah, so I've been um, learning from Hector Tetkuto for Bandoneon since um, 2018. So I um, participated in the Stowe Tango Festival, mm-hmm. and he is the artistic director over there. And we had a wonderful time learning together and, and just playing in the orchestra. And um, Hector, since the pandemic started, had a couple of projects which would help Bandoneon players um, be more sharp in terms of playing the um, variations or to give us more options when we play solo pieces. How do you phrase each musical phrase and mm. what are the exact techniques that, that you could use? So he basically is giving us a, a wider set of tools for us to practice and, and to experiment. So I've mm. been... Uh, participant since the the pandemic started and that that keeps me going because every every week we have assignments and we have to make progress for the class so that was that was a good motivation for me as well Mm -hmm. 
Nice, nice. I just out of curiosity, have you uh, have you played in in Taiwan? I have not. I have not. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's it's interesting because uh, uh, I mean tango's everywhere mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's 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 funny. I um in '97, in the summer of '97, I uh, mm-hmm. I studied at Shida. Oh. Uh, so um yeah, but back then there really wasn't much uh, tango going on, but I think uh, now you, you can you know there is. It's it's I heard there's a pretty big scene out in Taipei and yeah maybe someday right mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it'd be fun to, to to play for for Taiwanese dancers mm-hmm. as well I think there yeah. are already a couple of um pretty well-formed groups over there mm-hmm. and they and they play once in a while for dancers yeah 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 I um and um that one uh, alternative tango group, uh, Tangetto. I mm-hmm. was interviewing Max Masri, so he yeah. loves experimenting with different instruments, and he had uh, <laughs> someone play the Arhu for some of his oh. tango tracks. So yeah. it, it works really well for tango. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Actually, one one of my <laughs> upcoming project will be u- using um, Liu Qing, the the instrument that I play when I was a kid, yeah. incorporating that into a tango piece. I think the sound of Liu awesome. Qing will be great for like milonga pieces. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm actually arranging something for for Liu Qing. So stay okay. tuned. <laughs> yeah. So where do you post some of your compositions or, or these arrangements, or will you be posting them somewhere on uh, online? Um, yeah. So if there's interest, I might post it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very self-critical. So if I if I have mm. something I usually listen to, and I'm like, it's not perfect. I'm not going to post it. But if I'm, I'm happy with the piece, I'll, I'll, I'll post it on, on Facebook. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's because, um, uh, again, I was talking a little bit about this with Pablo and um, also mm-hmm. with musicians. I love to talk about you know, the evolution of tango music. And it's great that you know, there are people who are still creating new music. I yeah. mean, there was a time when we thought, well, that's it. The 40s, 50s, the golden age, that's <laughs> it. And then we'll just keep playing those CDs over and over again. But no, mm-hmm. people are creating new stuff and that's and that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah, speaking of that, um, I mean, since you're, you've, you've, you know, worked with a lot of tango masters, you're, you're, you're really involved with making tango music or just mm-hmm. really dialed in with, with the music scene, where where do you personally where do you see tango music evolving or um, the, the future of, of tango music going? Wow, that's a very deep question. And I think in terms of tango music, I'm I'm still a toddler, so I don't know how much of what I say will will impact the the future directions of tango. Mm-hmm. But I think from knowing the history of tango, it's 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 popular music. Mm-hmm. It's it started for, um, I wouldn't say it started for people to dance, but it seems that it started along with a group of people who enjoyed dancing, mm-hmm. as if the, the two were inseparable. And although at a later time, we, we knew that there, there was a time that people were not allowed to dance, and yeah. still the music kept evolving. And I think for future tango music, it might be the same. Um, there were still musicians who want to play for dancers or to compose for dancers. At the same time, mm-hmm. there might be another group of musicians or even could be the same group of people that would want to see tango music evolve into a more of a listening type mm-hmm. of music with more varieties, different instrumentations, 
and maybe um, more variations or, or uh, in terms of the, the forms or the chord progressions, for example, just to add more colors to it to um, appeal to a wider set of mm-hmm. audience, maybe. that That's my guess. But I think if eventually as musicians, what we do is what is to express what resonates with us internally. Mm-hmm. So if what we resonate to is the, the traditional old school tango music, then we might spend most of our time investing mm-hmm. in how do we recreate that sound? How mm-hmm. do we how do we turn the the modern 2021 or 2022 back into 1940s 1950s how do we yeah. do that that could be one type of um evolution mm-hmm. and the other w- type of evolution could be maybe dancers will dance slightly differently in the future and and can we accommodate the evolution of music with the evolution of dance itself mm-hmm that might be a direction as well. Yeah. 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 It's interesting because it feels like right now, I think at least musically speaking, it's a really exciting time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have um, like with technology, like with something as simple as what we're using, we're using zoom and you know, and we're able to talk and connect with other musicians and play with them from Mm -hmm. hundreds of miles away. That's, (laughs) that's, it's exciting to see Like you said, we don't know exactly where, but um, yeah. And like you said about, um, dancers who may dance differently in the future. I think that's something interesting to think about because, mm-hmm. um, you know, tango, if we were to hop into a time machine and go back mm-hmm. in time it, and go to a malanga, it would look pretty different, I think, right? Uh, to what a lot of people are doing today. And um, yeah, it is kind of weird to think about what, what might be. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that need for connection, I think that that tango creates through the music and through the dancing. I yes. think that's, um, especially today, it feels really important because like I see young people getting lost on social media <laughs> here, having an actual person to person interaction, I think is, this feels much more valuable today. Yeah. yeah. It becomes mm-hmm. rare. And as long as it becomes rare, people will start noticing how valuable it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So looking ahead, what are, what are some plans or some ideas that you, that you have that you really want to um, play with? Um, looking ahead. So I, I, I have faith that tango will come back in terms of social dancing and playing mm-hmm. live music for, for milongas. So that's something that I've, I've been working on actually. So that the pandemic didn't stop me from mm-hmm. um, arranging for, for our ensemble. It didn't stop me from um, working on my, my technical skills to, to play the instrument better. And that, yeah, that never really stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, right now, since I have more time in my hand, I, I started um, arranging more and I also try to um, brush up my vocal skills again. Mm-hmm. I used to be a jazz singer. But I never nice. really started uh, singing tango songs as a mm. tango singer. But th- <laughs> this year, at the online version of the Tango for Musicians at every college, I, I signed up for the, the vocalist track. 
and I learned nice. some skills and I started practicing tango tunes. So hopefully someday, you know, when we're able to dance together again and, and yeah. enjoy the live music, I'll be able to, to sing more tango songs for dancers as well. Mm-hmm. I think nice. my um, second idol for tango music, the, the first one is Rodolfo Mederos. The second mm. idol is Ruben Juarez. And ah. for those who don't know who he is, look him up on the internet, Ruben Juarez. He mm. always sang with the bandoneon on his lap and he would play and sing at the same time. It was nice. amazing. So <laughs> I know I would never become Ruben Juarez, but that, that's an end goal to, to, to work towards too. Nice to sing, yeah. bando, to sing and play bandoneon at the same time. Yes. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of your favorite tango songs to sing? Wow. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, there's, there's more than one, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, there's more than one. I, I think I wanted to sing all of them. <laughs> like as, as, as a dancer, mm-hmm. whenever I, I, I hear something that, that, that I enjoy dancing, I, w- I would secretly hope that, oh, I, I wish I could sing that. So I don't mm-hmm. speak Spanish fluently enough. So right now, if you ask me, I will only tell you the, the name of the songs that I actually know the lyrics of, which is not many. <laughs> yeah, but a, a lot of the songs that I, I didn't really know the the lyrics so well, but I could feel that the singer was singing with full emotion and, and the music is, is very expressive. So typically I would want to sing something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so still nice. work in progress. Yeah, no, it's great that, that <laughs> you're continuing to evolve and grow. That's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, good, good. All right, well, well, to you, this has been a lot of fun. Where, where do we find out more about you online? Um, so I'm on Facebook, although on my page mm-hmm. I did not post much recently because of the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. If there's interest, I'll, I'll, I'll keep my my page more alive. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, facebook.com slash Chi Yu Chao music, one okay. word with no um, p- punctuation marks or spaces, one word, Chi Yu Chao music. And okay. if anyone has ideas for collaboration or if anyone has like questions, comments, suggestions, you know, or tell me what you want to hear, and I would try to make it happen. <laughs> okay, great. I'll have that in our show notes so people will be able to look you up and hopefully get in touch with you. All right, that would be wonderful. Awesome. All right. Well, Chiyu, thank you again so much for taking the time to talk to me. Um, yeah. Good luck with all of your well, thank you, future Joe. ideas and hope to meet you in person sometime. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you again for having me. And yes, we look forward to, to, to the day where we could meet and dance and listen to live music again. Okay. That was fun. Many years ago, I broke open a fortune cookie and on the little piece of paper were the words, hold true to the dreams of your youth. At the time, I thought it was a silly, superficial message, but people like Chiyu make it sound like valuable advice. She never gave up her love of music and kept finding ways to make room for it in her life. And lucky for us, her passion led her to become a bandoneon player and singer. And like I said earlier, you'll notice that bandoneon players have a tenacity and sense of determination that I think we can all learn from. Not only was she intrigued by the sound of the instrument, she took active measures to learn how to play it herself. And like in Chiyu's case, if opportunities to pursue a passion or interest keep popping up in your life, then it's probably a sign that you should go after it. I mean, so long as it's constructive and doesn't involve drugs or breaking the law. For many of us, we may not be able to quit our day jobs and pursue our passions full time, and that's okay. 
But from talking with Chiyu, we definitely need something in life to be excited about. And when we apply discipline and patience to our passions or interests, good things inevitably happen. We meet like-minded individuals and encounter many exciting opportunities to grow and learn. So thank you again to you for sharing your story and for your time. And as usual, a huge thank you to all your listeners for tuning in. It really means a lot that you've made time to listen to the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a second to give it a five-star rating and or review on iTunes or whatever platform you're using. That really helps. Thanks for your support. All right, you've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.